And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, Jersey. I think we've got to say it. I think I've got to say it. I think it has to be said. Anything is possible. Any given Sunday. <sighs> The Kansas City Chiefs are going to their third consecutive AFC championship game. They are hosting their third consecutive AFC championship game. Something that the New England Patriots never did. Something that no Mm. one in the AFC has ever done. Something that only one team has ever done anywhere around the league. It happened in the NFC side. It was Andy Reid's Philadelphia Eagles. The Chiefs have done it. They have locked up their spot in the AFC Championship game. And, I mean, just how we drew it up. You know, it ends with (laughs) Chad Haney just letting it hang on third and 15. Scramble, dive, fourth and one, fourth and inches. Shotgun, let's throw for it. Let's wrap this ball game up, boys and girls. Just how Daryl Williams getting all, just how we all drew it up. 22 to 17 with Chad Haney and Patrick Mahomes with a, Maybe concussion that doesn't look like, never looked like a concussion. I mean, just everything about this game was about as strange as could be. Uh, I'm Joshua Briscoe. This is Time Czars alongside Nate Taylor. No Seth Kaiser today. Uh, he is, uh, he's on vacation for the first time in, I believe, 14 years. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so no Seth. What a time. What, what, yeah. what, what, what perfection in terms of. You know, just the most chaotic game of the entire season at the most important time of the season. It's a man who knows a man who can pick his spots. You know, uh, here's here's what I'll say, Nate. Before we before we just absolutely cannonball into the embarrassment of topics around this game right now, uh, I I don't want to say only weird games. I do not want to give this game that token. Because this game was weirder than a weird game. This game was was terrifying for a little bit late in there. This game had, uh, a, a, I mean, I just, again, to repeat myself, a terrifying moment of, of Patrick Mahomes standing up wobbly. And I was worried about mm-hmm. his knee. And then as soon as I realized it wasn't his knee, I was worried about his brain. And then now it might not have been a concussion. But what was it? Uh, I... I can't separate the weirdness from the the success of this game where, again, they won it and it felt like they might not for a little while in there. Uh, how are you, Nate? How how did you feel over the course of this game? How do you feel now? Um, I feel like uh, all hands are like, like the playoffs are so fun for a lot of reasons and they're exciting, but. You have to be reminded that, and this is partly my story, is that like at any moment these things can turn so quickly. Mm-hmm. And so, um, if you're a Chiefs fan, you probably had a lot of dark days, mm-hmm. most notably of like the 1990s Marty Schottenheimer era, 
probably in the second half, but I I mean this team is really really talented and they are mentally tough and for a guy that we had not seen really outside of week 17 in any context over the last two seasons um is still able to execute at the biggest moments of the game um despite a mistake so look i i feel like the chiefs are the chiefs are very fortunate to survive the brown scare um but it just it it just shows you how difficult it is to not only just win one Super Bowl, right, Josh? Yep. But to do it back to back, I mean, you you need a lot of things to go your way. And despite what happened with Patrick Mahomes, they still got enough things um, to go their way. And they 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 knew the situation the moment he left the game. And I think that um, is a credit to the team as a whole. Uh, because there's really nothing to prepare you for that when your franchise quarterback goes down in the middle of the third quarter. That that idea of, wow, this is hard to do time and time again is exactly, that was the exact prevailing thought that that I had to take away from this game was just the fragility of it all gets kind of glossed over whenever you go ostensibly 14 and one, right? Whenever you have one sort of strike on your record and you have the quarterback who time and time again, we will, we will just say over and over this dude erases deficits. He doesn't make mistakes. He throws touchdowns, but not interceptions. He's going to be in the top two MVP voting every year for the next decade, all that stuff. All of that's true, but he can also get hurt. (laughs) And it had been long enough since that day in Denver when he dislocated his kneecap last year and, and frankly, I I even thought leading up to this game, it, it didn't really feel like a playoff game to me as it was starting um, because, I don't know, you just sort of think that the Chiefs are going to end up winning because they have Patrick Mahomes. Without him out there, that all got turned on its head in an enormous way. Um, so let's let's talk about that some at the front here, Nate. Obviously, the, the biggest story other than simply survive in advance is that Patrick Mahomes uh, gets tackled on an option which looked very similar to the one he scored a touchdown on. You mm. rewatched those plays. I'm I'm 100% confident mm-hmm. more than I have. But they, they looked relatively similar. One was a, you know, a triumph, and then the next one was the dumbest play call in Andy Reid's career, uh, <laughs> if you just read Twitter, I'm saying. Um, but they, they looked relatively similar. But on the second one, uh, Mahomes goes down. He's tackled awkwardly. He ends up yes. with an arm kind of around his neck. It was not a helmet-to-helmet hit. Uh, it, it was no, not, it, it was not a helmet to ground hit. It was just very, the, the, the helmet of the tackler hit him kind of by the M in Mahomes on his back, kind of shoulder ish. Uh, Mac Wilson was the, the, the linebacker who delivered the tackle and, and then Mahomes came up and he looked wobbly. Take me to that moment. And then what happened? What followed that Nate? Um, I, I agree with everything you just said. It felt, in rewatching it and talking to a couple people, it, it's more of a clothesline that kind of goes wrong. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think whether it's Bobby Shute, his his uh, his longtime trainer, Patrick Mahomes' longtime trainer, whether it's Randy uh, 
Mahomes, Miss Miss uh, Patrick Mahomes' mother, um, there was an understanding that hey, like maybe this wasn't uh, maybe this wasn't the most um, respectable play from Mac Wilson, the linebacker from the Browns. Um, he is playing really hard, and these are split second decisions on an option play that the Browns actually covered pretty well. Mm. They had somebody on the outside for Daryl Williams. Patrick Mahomes makes the right decision because um, he's the closest to the yard to gain, um, keeps the ball, but is tackled in a manner that is that is just not um, normal. So he kind of rolls, but he kind of like, you know, gets under himself in terms of his legs. Uh, Andy Reid said he hit the back of his head, although his head never actually touched the turf. Mm-hmm. Am I correct on that? Yeah, I, I don't think his helmet ever hit grass, which is just bizarre. So, you know, Mac Wilson is trying to go for the ball, but at the same time, not horse collar Mahomes, but at the same time, not do a helmet to helmet. And these are all the things you have to consider in like less than a second. Yeah. And I think as they collided, it they just landed really awkwardly, which is very similar to what happened in Denver last year, yep. where I think it was it was Wolf from the from the Broncos whose leg and entire body weight basically, you know, on the quarterback sneak shifted down in a diagonal motion to Patrick Mahomes' leg, yep. which led to his dislocated kneecap. Um I I've always said this, and this is not new, and you saw it in the game before the injury, Josh. The one thing that Patrick Mahomes is not excellent in is getting down. Mm. He he he's and you're not asking him to slide on that play necessarily, but it's he's always looked somewhat awkward going to the ground, whether he's sliding head first or feet first. Um, there were a couple plays in the first half when it became clear that yes, this this toe injury um was having a little effect on him. Um he was even going as you were seeing him go down, like, well, okay, how should I do this exactly as I try to, you know, obviously, you know, put in my mind, like, I don't want to mess up my toe even further, Mm -hmm. uh, but I also don't want to take a big hit, and I'm not close enough to the out-of-bounds. Some people will obviously question the, um, the play call. Because it had worked so well on the first drive that ended in the one yard touchdown run, uh, I, I I think I think that's the reason Andy Reid went back to it because it had worked previously, and the idea of just like, hey, um, you just don't see that outcome coming. Um, but I I don't I don't know. It's like I can go back and forth. I don't think Mac Wilson did anything bad. Obviously, both players have sort of um acknowledged this after the game. Um, Mac telling Patrick, hey, like. Wasn't on purpose. Patrick saying, like, it's all good. Um, but I don't know if it was more neck related versus the back of the head, but immediately you are super concerned. Um, because the moment he tried to get up, he was dazed and he stumbled. The the play call, and again, I've kind of showed my hand as to how I feel like evaluating play calls is a is a purely that play call was wait for results sort of business. Yep. Um, it is very odd to me that, you know, on on third and one, that's the play call. And he, Patrick Mahomes will never sneak uh, a football in his 
time wearing red ever again. I told you, I told you all that they are never running a quarterback sneak. And I mean, like the pitch option is kind of worked. Totally. I don't know. Totally. But quarterback sneaks also work. It working doesn't really matter. It doesn't seem it's just like, well, he got hurt on this. So let's not do that again. Like, I understand that the sneak means you end up in a pile, but Tom Brady's done 9,000 of those and it's never yes. done anything. And and now mm-hmm. Mahomes, you know, gets hurt on the option. Now they get on the option in the Super Bowl if they're there, whatever. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. But but he gets, so Mahomes gets hurt there and, and the, the, the process of him getting the concussion evaluation, going into the protocol and being ruled out happens relatively quickly, it seems, and... Obviously, the game's continuing as that's all going on. But knowing that the Chiefs won, we'll, we'll talk about some of the stuff that happened in the game in a minute here. But in terms of looking forward from now, and, and in terms also, Nate, of, of what you heard from Andy Reid, and uh, and even you know Chad Haney mentioned that Holmes was in good spirits and whatnot. Um, the, the most newsworthy thing that I had seen as of uh, nearing midnight on uh, on Sunday night is from Jay Glazer. He was on Fox uh, a little bit earlier, and, and he, he said this. He said, right now, he's in the concussion protocol. You see him having a hard time getting up and walking, as the video was playing then. He said, it's more so because they're saying it was almost like he got choked out. Uh, not so much a concussion, but he still has to go through the concussion protocol. He was trying to get himself back in this game, though, so there's a lot of confidence that he'll be able to go next week. We also saw him like running into the locker room to start the concussion protocol process after his injury. Uh, do you do you buy what, what Glazer's selling there? Do you think that that tracks what you saw and what you've heard elsewhere uh, over the course of the night? I I know that there's confusion regarding whether or not Patrick Mahomes has a concussion. Now, the team said that he was out because he was in the concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. That leads one to believe that like Patrick Mahomes has a concussion. Mm-hmm. Now... Moving forward, they're going to have another concussion evaluation tomorrow, and hopefully we'll get more clarity. Um, Andy Reid is Monday. scheduled to talk. Just, that's Monday for the record, depending on yes. when this, this Yeah, Sorry, yes, on Monday. And so Andy Reid is, is expected to give, hopefully, another update on Monday as well. Um, there is a five-step process um, if Patrick Mahomes is fully in the concussion protocol. Uh, obviously, this is all based on his baseline uh, test that you were given during uh, the preseason training camp. There wasn't preseason this year, but you you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So here where you here's where you are cognitively from like you know baseline standpoint, and you go through the evaluation in the, in the blue medical tent. Then you went into the locker room, and it was um, it was diagnosed that that he was in the protocol. That being said, uh, the neck going through concussion history. Understanding what happens, understanding that like everybody's brain reacts differently to um, head contact. Mm. Uh, the neck is kind of an important part of this, um, just because you know when you when you go through whether it's whiplash or something like what Lamar Jackson occurred with on Saturday against Buffalo, like the back of the head is is always an, an, a a a tender spot. I would lead myself to believe and to tell others that, you know, if the neck is involved, you're now going to have to, one, understand, like, where, if he does feel pain, where it is, and then, two, 
because uh, that may have to be treated, obviously. And then two, um, from the protocol standpoint, like I guess they're gonna find out if he's obviously sensitive to light, if he needs more rest. Um, you have to do non-contact work. You have to do some level of exercising. Then there's some level of football activities, but that's usually individual towards the side. And then you can get into like, you know, a normal practice. Um, the Chiefs need all of that to kind of occur by Friday. Mm-hmm. And that's that's asking a lot. Um, now, Patrick Mahomes came back from the dislocated kneecap at a rate quicker than most. Um, didn't even need surgery. This is different. And um, as I sort of wrote, in the athletic, like his his status is going to be uncertain for most of this week. Even if he, even if they find out that he doesn't have concussion like symptoms by Monday slash tomorrow, mm-hmm. it, it, it's still going to be. Um, I would assume the league will take you know the necessary procedures for him to for him for them to really evaluate him all week long because it takes an independent neurologist to basically clear him to play regardless of what the chief's medical staff says. Like somebody who is not affiliated with the team will have to go through Patrick Mahomes' baseline. We'll have to see him go through each of the five steps and also suggest that he is deemed ready to play from an independent standpoint. Um, It's asking a lot. It can happen by Friday, Josh, but that, you know, it's going to be an incremental step as we go. One thing we've talked about a handful of times, just, you know, you got to be able to practice by Friday or or you got to get some reps out there at some point. Obviously, Sammy Watkins did not play in this game, uh, nor did Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I, I imagine that, that whatever they can get from Mahomes in the week leading up will be, they'll, they'll, they'll take whatever they can get to get him out there. The rules are going to be a little bit different, even though I don't think those are like, you know, those those aren't rules to keep people out who sh- who are able to play. That's just sort of a little rule of thumb. I, I imagine that if if there's an all clear any point from that independent neurologist, the Chiefs will take whatever they could get. Is that is that fair? I think so. I mean, it's it, it's just concussions are are just so unique to yeah. everybody. Um, and you know, there's been guys in the past who said, "I feel." fine one minute and then for whatever reason like you know symptoms start again or i get to this portion of the protocol and then i have you know a setback or i just don't feel the way i normally do like who who knows how the future is going to go um it makes this week moving forward extremely fascinating but um you know i think it's I think it's irresponsible for people to say like he's going to be back. Like yeah. we just can't we just can't say that yet. You you hope that he's fine. You hope that um from the Chiefs standpoint in terms of trying to get to a second straight Super Bowl that he's fine. Um but man, that that's asking a lot and I would tell fans even if he doesn't practice Wednesday, even if he doesn't practice Thursday, it can still kind of go either way. Obviously that will bear extremely close watching um we might get a little bit of an update on monday just because i don't I don't know my hunch nate is that those tests will probably still i don't know if those tests will still be ongoing by the time andy reed talks to the media i i don't certainly don't think we'll have anything definitive on monday but maybe maybe a brief update i would hope so 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would hope so. Uh, now you also have to keep in mind too, like um still gotta go through the the, the COVID test as well. Like yeah. so the way it uh, the way I assume it will work, and I can kind of safely assume this, most players get tested in the morning for obvious reasons. Um, because that the, the the earlier you do it, the quicker you can get the returns on the results and you can kind of move forward. So Patrick is still gonna have to go through COVID testing. I am assuming that they're gonna try to limit his time at the facility because one, players aren't allowed to be at the facility on Monday and Tuesday outside of like getting tested, um, to try to, you know, decrease the exposure or potential outbreak. Um, so I assume he'll go through much of the evaluation in the morning. Um, and then it's basically just going to have to be incremental reports about how he's feeling. And, you know, I, I just, I mean, we're doing this live, obviously folks, mm-hmm. but it, it's hard for me to understand like what exactly is going to happen just because it's such a weird play to observe. Yeah. Um, can we just acknowledge that one more time? Yes. Absolutely. It is such a weird play. I can't say definitively if he has a concussion, the chiefs, had mixed messaging during the game, yep. which was like, no, he's out. Well, is he in the protocol? He's out with, he's out in the concussion protocol. Well, does that mean he has a concussion? I guess that means he has a concussion. Um, some people were tweeting at me, Josh, that like, because of the neck and what happened, maybe, you know, it's just blood flow, airflow, like who knows? Um, right. Which, which might track with what Glazer was getting at that. Like, it, it's it's a possibility. I, I, I mean, who's you know? We usually talk to Pat. I, I should also say this too. We usually talk to Patrick on Wednesday. That yeah. probably ain't gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> so we won't get his perspective until maybe after the game Sunday. Like who knows? Um, if he's cleared to play Friday, maybe the maybe he would give comments as to what his week has been through uh, on that day. Again, I I don't know, but it's it's hard to get anything. I think real substantive for a couple days would be my would be the the, the most responsible way I could share yeah, this. I think that's fair. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it: tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, the, the one thing that I just, uh, that I can't help but think about, and that I was thinking in the time, was just how, uh, I saw somebody tweeted about this, and I, I even uh texted uh, uh girlfriend Renee as she is known in pretty much all audio forms as this <laughs> this here is what Chiefs football was like before Patrick Mahomes mm. and it wasn't cuz it's not like hopeless you're not like it's not over it's still Andy Reid's team and everything and yeah. there's a competent quarterback back there mhm 
but it's really different. <laughs> it is so different. With with Patrick Mahomes, you assume that a deficit's going to be erased, and you definitely assume that a lead is going to be protected. And with Chad Henney out there, um, it just felt it felt very similar and a sense of kind of uh, impending doom, I think, that I had not felt from a Chiefs football game in a very long time. Maybe the first quarter of the Texans game, just because it was like, oh, this is, here's the letdown. But even then, mm-hmm. there was hope that came pretty quickly thereafter. Uh, this one was different because it was just like, well, if this if they if they lose the lead, it's probably not coming back. And that was a terrifying situation. Um, also, to mention the you know the lose the lead thing, Chiefs defense gave up 17 points to a pretty good offense, an offense mm-hmm. that scored 40 something against the Steelers last week. Uh, that I didn't see that coming. Among things I didn't see coming from this game, Brown 17 is not a phrase I expected to say very much. No. Um, I had them scoring in the low 20s, depending upon, you know, no major injuries to anybody. Um, so, look, the Chiefs defense needs uh, all the praise, all the credit. Um, the game felt tight, obviously, once Patrick goes down. But you have to remember, um, Chad Henney leads them to a field goal. Uh, Harrison Bucker finally made a kick from 30 yards, 33 yards. <laughs> We'll get to but them, I think, on, yeah. yeah, on the ensuing possession, look, it took the Browns 18 plays, a fourth down conversion, and honestly, the best run of Kareem Hunt in the game mm-hmm. to, to score a touchdown. So um, it's 17-22, and I don't know what Chad Haney was doing on that first 25. <laughs> I have Andy Reid after the game saying I take responsibility, responsibility for that <laughs> interception. Made That's me, on me. That's not on Blake. <laughs> made me laugh out loud in the radio studio <laughs> because here's the thing. Maybe maybe uh, maybe maybe a good old EB got into the headset and said, "Hey, Chad, take a shot here. All right, you know, let that down, thing fly, boy. Let let it fly. Let it fly one time. Maybe you said that. Clearly, there was a deep shot. I think it was to Demarcus Robinson that was you know supposed to be there." But listen, Chad Henney's a grown-up. <laughs> Chad Henney's been in this league a long time. <laughs> Chad Henney goes, uh, you know what? I think if I throw that ball, it's probably going to get picked off. Let me go ahead and dump it off to Darrell Williams. I don't even know if he was in that play. I assume he was because he was in most plays. Let, let me let me go ahead and dump this one off to literally anyone. Or I'll throw it away. Or I'll take the whatever. You know, man, it's, I'm, I'm going to take the shot if I can. It was, it, it was 25 yards to go, but it was also first down. Yep. Chad Henney's in it. And that's the problem. It wasn't third down. No, it, was it sure wasn't. First down. It sure so wasn't. They the I think the Browns played uh, a cover three where they were just like, nobody better be nobody better get behind you, even with Chad Henney out here. Yep. And um that did not happen. Yeah, sure. So, yep, that worked. They did it. So, so it, it it's it's legitimately tight. Um if the Browns go 80 yards and getting the ball with eight minutes left, exactly eight minutes left. With the ball, you score a touchdown, you immediately take the lead. The Chiefs defense didn't let them get past midfield. Yeah. Um, I, I, I sort of broke these plays down in my article, but Chris Jones showed up. Mm. Tyron Matthew showed up. Traverius Ward did a great job of playing cover three zone on the third down snap, but had the speed, the quickness, and the ability to understand that he was using the sideline as his friend 
to tackle Kareem Hunt for a two-yard gain on a pass that should have gone for more than two yards. Um, Spagnolo beat them on a screen with a blitz that was really well-timed, and Frank Clark understood the situation in terms of setting the edge, playing Nick. He was in Nick Chubb's face the entire game. Um, and it won't show up on the stat sheet, but like Frank Clark had a hell of a game. Um, and so when they knew this, the season was literally on their backs, they, they did what they were supposed to do. If you're a championship team, like, you know, Patrick Mahomes may not be on the field. He may be in the locker room with, you know, what appears to be a concussion. Like your job is to still go out there and play defense at a high level. And they went out there and they did it. Um, which obviously gave Henny another opportunity to sort of redeem himself for, you know, that interception. Um, I just don't want fans to lose sight of just how impressive that was because yeah. the Browns has clearly gotten some momentum. They clearly started to understand what worked against the Chiefs defense. Um, people forget that Brashad Breeland also in the concussion protocol. Yep. Uh, he was not on the field for these for these last snaps. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's. It was an important stretch, and the Browns had a real opportunity. Um, but, you know, some of the Chiefs' best defenders made sure that they never even got close to the end zone. And also, like, I, I, this is going to seem kind of impossible, but the Browns' offense was doing some work. It, it, Baker looked pretty good. I was pretty impressed by Baker Mayfield which I'm going to pull up is, you know, he was 23 of 37. Wait a second, man. He, he had 14 incompletions, 23 completions. I feel like 90% of his incompletions were dropped or thrown away. Yeah. And, and Stefanski was doing some good work. And the Chiefs defense just also was doing good work. Like it was, not, that was not a game where you're just like, ah, well, yeah, well, we really clowned Sam Darnold for a while. No, like the, the Browns look pretty good offensively in a way that uh the, the Chiefs just, Stood pat with, no pun intended. Yes, and the game before Patrick's injury, the most important play, and literally turns the momentum completely in the Chiefs' favor, which gives you a big enough lead for your defense to sort of, you know, protect, is Dan Sorensen coming out of nowhere. Yeah. And hitting the living you-know-what out of Rashad Higgins. Was it a legal hit? Not really, <laughs> but that's why they call him Dirty Dan in a lot of respects. <laughs> All right, I got, I got uh, three things on that play. I got three. <laughs> I got three things on that. This whole podcast could have been about that play if Patrick Mahomes just wouldn't have gotten hurt. I got yes. three things about yes. that play. Huge, huge play, swinging play, changes the game right there in that space. Number one, you you mentioned already. I had some real, I just, I tweeted this out and you know what? I've cooled down a little bit. So I, I don't regret <laughs> calling these people dorks, but I called people dorks. So if any of you dorks who are tweeting me during the national, during the, the college football playoff about targeting, the Clemson player got ejected for targeting. Like, well, you know, they, they call that right most of the time. That's a, that rule's pretty consistently called. You can't lower your helmet like that. That bleep happens all the time. Every other play across the sport of football. It just happens all the time. It's just, it's okay to admit that that rule is like enforced really differently uh, mm -hmm. from time to time. And it's also Kareem Hunt could have that flag thrown against him. 90% of his carries dude ducks his head, whatever. It's fine. But that could have been a flag. It was how, how many levels, how many lowered his head. I get it. Um, also, it was the only way he was going to stop him there. Whatever. Uh, that 
I think was, I, I think I got two out of three things in there. The other thing I want to say, and I want to say it in this context so everybody knows that I mean it. <laughs> that rule stinks. It's a crappy rule. It's a it's just a bad rule. Why should fumbling out of the back of the end zone give the other team the ball on a touchback? That's stupid. It's a stupid rule. It benefited the Chiefs, and I still think it's a dumb, dumb rule that, that should not result in a turnover any more than fumbling out of bounds would result in a turnover. I feel like saying that now is important because I cannot be called a homer for that take. <laughs> what What's interesting is that... Um, And I know Chiefs fans are probably thinking about this too. Like, okay, there was no penalty for a horse, not a not a horse collar, but like kind of a clothesline on like Randy Super Bowl MVP. There's no flag there. Um, What's more egregious is literally the play happening in front of you and being like, (laughs) "Now I'm worried about the ball. (laughs) Not why my man fumbled the ball." Um, I, I feel really bad for Cleveland fans just because. If they score that touchdown the way they're supposed to, if he's a split second, just a, just a tick faster, um, man, you're looking at 16-10 game. Maybe they hold the Chiefs to not a field goal in the last minute. They get the ball back. Um, you know, maybe they have a chance to take the lead. It, it it was interesting, Josh, to know that like everybody was nervous and the Browns never led in this game. Yeah. Yeah, it just because it, it felt it felt like if they if they did lose the lead, I it just it wasn't coming back because you well, didn't have well, the homes to bring it back. Yeah, it, well, well, Chad Heaney. Um, so this may get a little bit ahead of ourselves, but uh, Chad Heaney does not run the two minute drill often in practice. Mm-hmm. Just 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 gonna run that out there. Uh, Chad Heaney in no huddle is normally with scout team or second teamers because you know he's a backup quarterback. He has not had many of those reps with Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Um, so you're right. If you lose the lead in the fourth quarter, whoo, things would have changed a, a lot differently. And now you're forcing Henny to throw the ball deeper um, with the defense sort of anticipating that. So you're right. I mean, when Mahomes leaves the game, uh, they essentially have a 12-point lead because Henny and, you know, shout out to, to Darrell Williams. Darrell Williams understood the situation was like, I need to run hard right now because we're at midfield and let's at least get a field goal out of this. So they take a 22 to 10 lead. Um, and at that point, you are telling yourself like they they can't fall behind. Um, and it's wild to me, Josh, that you could fumble the ball into the end zone and you lose your possession. And that's a worse effect than what Chad Henney did, which was basically throw a punt into the end zone. Yeah, it's the same. It's the it's the same result. Totally, but it's like, a, but it's a worse result because you're that close, right, to scoring. Right, but it in but but the ball after the play is over essentially ends up in the same place. Yep. Yeah, it's unbelievable. The other thing that I just remembered that well, there were three things. The other thing is that uh, Dan is that Dan Sorensen got a defensive pass interference penalty literally two minutes before that play happened, and I tweeted literally at that moment, guys, don't worry about it. This just means that Dan Sorensen's going to have a game breaking, force a game breaking turnover uh, in the fourth quarter, and then it happened two minutes later. And I'm, oh, sorry, I meant now. I meant he's going to do that now because that's what Dan Sorensen does. That's just what he does. Period. 
Look, a, a lot of people didn't understand how how subtle we were with the grit and grind trick or treat Tony Allen reference <laughs> to Dan Sorensen. But guys, it is a legitimate comp. The man may get smoked on a play, but he gonna do you up on that next one. <laughs> Who knows if it's legal? Well, it's the playoffs, and, and you you throw that flag, throw because Dan's gonna be out there to do his job. And his job is to be fierce and to be really close to whatever the definition of what you think dirty is. Unbelievable. <laughs> the definition of what you think dirty is. It's what you think the definition is. Like, I, in the press box, I was like, look, man, it's helmet to helmet. Do the Chiefs really need to, to promote Dirty Dan on Twitter right now? Like, yeah. we got to get this man a new nickname. Nah, but people love it. And it's, just... what, it it's what you think dirty means. <laughs> it's it's the um who I'm gonna get real tough. I'm gonna get real close here, guys. Okay. All right, tiptoe. The same thing that like it is the same thing of like, well, what do you what do you think great means? Well, whatever you think great means is whatever you think great means. Whatever you think dirty means, that's whatever you think dirty means. I'm trying to decide if I want to follow you kind of in that direction or if I want to just go and start talking about, you know, the the game clinching drive. <laughs> Let's go to the game clinching drive, which was great. I just, I just wonder that. I wonder if you know, if Dan Sorensen and like, <laughs> Seth's not here to say. I was gonna say Seth's we'll not go here. For I, it. I, yeah. I just I think that if Dan Sorensen's name was Vontez Perfect, he'd be advertised in a very different way. That's the that's all, and it's not one to one, you know. But it's who else? Who else is? Who else gets a nickname? Who else gets a nickname that is about you know uh, <laughs> dislocating Mike Gusecki's arm on a tackle? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> now, look, my father loves Dan Sorensen, okay? Like, he, like, okay, I'm gonna read you a text from my father, Please. Um, Michael Taylor, in the, like, he could've tweeted, he could've texted me, excuse me, he could've texted me after the Mahomes touchdown, he could've texted me after Travis Kinsley literally murdered a oh, man! Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up, because that happened seven days ago, but oh my god, that was the, that was the dirtiest he, route I've ever seen. He, he could, my father could've texted me about any of these things. <laughs> and I quote, Dan Sorensen exclamation mark. <laughs> they keep trying to replace him and he just keeps making plays. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, look, he also put the, he also put his helmet into a man's chest when he was asked by a coach who's no longer employed to run a fake punt when they were up a billion points on the wrong side of the field. Look, if you if you give opportunities, Dan Sorensen is gonna thrive. And whatever you think the word dirty means, the Chiefs are gonna be out here saying that it's dirty and it's Dan and it's dirty Dan. Um, the one text I got from my dad today, I like this new segment, texts from our fathers. <laughs> the one text that I got from my dad today was from uh, about noonish, so before you know, well before the game, and it just it just said. Rex Ryan just said, don't believe the hype on the Chiefs because their last seven wins were by such a slim margin. <laughs> wow. 
They got Rex on this. Oh, Rex is out here. Listen, you want to talk about you want to talk about tiptoeing up to the line? Let's talk about Rex Ryan. That's a joke about a foot fetish, everybody. <laughs> Just want to put it out there. That's what that joke was about. Just sorry if you listen to the show in the car with your kids or whatever. It's you know it's fine. Just whatever whatever you see. I I I am encouraging folks to tweet at all three of us. Yeah, inclusive. He ain't here. I just encourage people to 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 text to tweet at us. What is your definition of dirty? Because I'm so conflicted. <laughs> and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Direct TV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on Direct TV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on Direct TV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. Direct TV has the most MLB games. Visit directtv.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. (laughs) Let's talk about that game-stealing drive, Nate. Oh, man, that was dirty. That was dirty in its own way. Uh, Here's here's what happened there. So I'm going to go back to something else in a little bit. I'm going to reserve... You know, I I know when I want to take my... uh, when I want to take my my contested three in this game, I know I know in, in this podcast, I know when that's coming for me. It's coming in a little bit, but the the Chiefs end up with the ball with a chance to just straight up end it. There there are a thousand little things we could talk about, but that's one. That's the big one by the end. There is a second down play that that breaks pretty bad, <laughs> where um. Travis Kelsey said after the after the game, he didn't hear the full call, or he heard something wrong. Yeah. I, I believe he said like he needs to listen to the full call. And so my guess there was that there was something that someone else was doing that could have made it what Kelsey was doing some form of option based on what he was reading from the defense. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That that's purely speculative. But but something was going on there. And uh, I also, I wrote down, I take pretty like extensive notes during the game so I can go back and get all this specifically right and everything. And then after the two minute warning, I just have the phrase, I forgot to take notes. (laughs) Cause I was, (laughs) I was pretty invested. You were emotional. You were emotional. That's all. That's all. You're just, you're just emotional out there. I was, I was, I was engaged in that moment. I was not typing. I was watching. So 
Uh, I gotta find the thing again here. So second eight comes through. Yes, and and uh, and he's looking for for Kelsey. Something goes wrong. Kelsey it's, doesn't by run the, way, the right it's, it's route. It's one on one. Yeah, it's a one on one matchup, and that that's the one you want. And and it so it should have been there, and it wasn't. And as we found out later from both Kelsey and Henny, Kelsey did something wrong. So Chad Henny takes the sack, which at the very least gets you to the two minute warning. But the two minute warning comes and goes, and it's third and fourteen. There's two minutes left. The Browns are down by five. They're at uh, the the Chiefs. Uh, they're at their 35 right here. And Chad Henney drops back to pass. And I was surprised when he dropped back to pass on second and eight. I was, a, I was a little less surprised when he dropped back to pass on third and 14. But to Chad Henney's infinite credit, he tucked it and ran. And that play was unfolding in slow motion, but Chad Haney got 13 of the 14 yards that he needed right about to midfield. Then fourth and one shows up, and he's in shotgun again. And at that point, I just, I, I, that, I, wasn't, right, I wasn't taking notes. Tony Romo was saying, this is a no play. This is a no call, no right. play. It's a no snap, whatever. Well, I, can, I, can I tell you my favorite part? Please, please. I, I was literally shouting in the press box. I was like, they're in empty! <laughs> what? I think, did they have, did Daryl motion? Yes, Daryl Mo, Darryl, Darryl's on the, on, the, on the perimeter on the right of the formation. That's what, okay, and he, yeah. And, and Chad brings him back in and I go, <laughs> like, look, he's... He's not Cam Newton. <laughs> He's not Cam Newton. Did he just become Cam Newton? They're in empty. That I mean, can we just acknowledge that there's no team in the league fourth in inches? Yeah, go five wide with the with the running back. With the running back. What? And they let the clock run and go. Wow, this is this is weird, isn't it? This is strange. Oh my! Oh my God! Austin Ryder snapped it. No, Austin, that was an accident, right? Austin. And before you could get those words out of your mouth, Chad Henney had thrown the ball to Travis to uh, to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, uh, running over by the sidelines, picked up about five yards. Uh, Tyreek Hill drops down. Ball game is over. What one of the? I just dropped. I'm dropping things now because that that whole series. Hey, just reliving it makes so you want to make you. Woo! I just, you could have given me, you could have given me a thousand guesses as to what would happen from second and eight on. And I don't know if I would have gotten to that one. So what was, what was that like from the press box? What was, what was it like seeing that, that, that series playing out? And then what's your, what's your, what's your retroactive analysis there? Um, okay. Stay with me here. Watching that was like, and you can look this up on YouTube. This is my analogy, Josh. Watching that was like watching the last 40 seconds of Legends of the Hidden Temple when you're on the when you're on the boss run and you're trying to get you're just trying just trying to get out of the temple with whatever the artifact is. Have you watched Legends of the Hidden Temple? This has been a touch point that I've wanted to be able to connect to so many times, but I just missed it. I just barely missed it. My heart. My heart. All right, so for people of a certain age, <laughs> you would have your two partners, and you let the first homie go in. Homie, homie's going through the doors, solving all the problems. Next door opens up. Oh, my God, there's a temple guard. We don't have enough pendants. Here comes Chad Hitty. 
And the whole time, time is against you. The situation is terrible. I don't know why the Chiefs are passing on second and eight, but they know that they can get a one-on-one matchup with Travis Kelsey. So in mm. some ways, it is like going through the temple, going down the same path that your that your teammate just took you on. Now you just got to open up that next door, got to get that artifact, got to get out before the two minutes are up. What happens on second and eight is Travis Kelsey's fault. He does acknowledge that. He didn't hear the right portion of the play call that mattered to him. He ran like a 15-yard route when, dog, it's second and eight. Mm. And, and, and the quarterback is not mobile like Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So he acknowledges that. All of a sudden, it's third and 14. Shout out to Chad. In a similar way, it's like, well, hey, I got my pendant. Here comes another temple guard. Here, dog, just had a pendant. Can I just, can I just get one more chance to, to run through this bad boy? So he takes the sack. It's the smart thing to do. You take it to the two-minute warning because Cleveland has no timeouts, which, by the way, Kevin Stefanski. <sighs> just. Ugh. I mean, those and those were, like, obvious. It was like, th- this game was close the whole time, I had higher expectations, Kevin. sir. I, I, yeah. had, I had higher expectations of you. You got yeah. them boys ready from your couch last week. Yeah. And you sitting up here on the sidelines making these. <sighs> it's, not worth, it's not worth the five yards, dog. <laughs> it's, it's literally not worth the five yards. Yeah. So, you don't have any more pendants. The temple guards are still out there. You got to get this thing and get it back. On third and 14, he understood the pocket in a way that I am still to this day flabbergasted. Because Garrett is there. Garrett's waiting on him, and he somehow gets by it. Now, give credit to Eric Fisher, who pushes his guy a little bit past the pocket. And I think the Browns had the right call. They double-teamed Tyreek. They double-teamed Travis Kelsey. And here's why Sammy Watkins is so important. Mm. Because in a one-on-one matchup, Sammy Watkins can beat his defender in a better on a better success rate than Demarcus Robinson. Mm-hmm. Demarcus Robinson doesn't get open. He's still covered. And so Chad Heaney makes the smart move and just says, well, I have to run, but at the same time, I can't go out of bounds. And I can't mm-hmm. fumble. Y'all, watch DeMarcus on this play. Watch him on the play if you get a chance. He is standing flat-footed like, yo, what are you doing? Yeah. I saw it. I just saw him at the end of the play, and I thought, oh, he could have thrown a block and he could have the game right block. there, right? Okay, I'm glad that wasn't just me, because I didn't even say I didn't even <laughs> say anything about and that. So, and so DeMarcus is like, yo, what? And sometimes when you get the artifact. And you know you got that's the best part of 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 Legends of the Hidden Temple is those 20 seconds where you got it. All because once you get the artifact, all the doors unlock. And now it's just you getting through the maze as much as possible. And in a matter of about the same amount of time, about 30 seconds, the Chiefs understood the situation. And said, This is our easiest way to escape. They had already discussed the certain play that they wanted from Chad Henney's perspective if he was in the game on a fourth and one or less situation. And this is the brilliance of a coaching staff that has worked together for years with a veteran quarterback who, even though he's never been in this situation before in his 13-year career, he's never played in the playoffs. You literally saw Chad Henney run through the maze and get out alive. (laughs) 
And Hold it's on, like, do kids, do kids die in that show? Do they it's kill one of the, the kids? Most, <laughs> it's one of the most fulfilling, exhilarating experiences yeah. of my 13-year-old childhood. Again, I wanted to be on The Legends of Hidden Tipple so bad. But I love what Andy Reid tried to do after the game, which was like, what, who are you talking about? What? Huh? And shout out to our guy, Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, was like, coach, um, was that the same play as as uh, as Miami? And Andy was like, no! <laughs> That's a different play! No, 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 no! No, I, I, no you know, it, it's similar. But it ain't the same play. <clears throat> you know the you know the uh, Key and Peele sketch, the uh, like the Obama anger yes. translator. Yes, you doing like a high energy Andy Reid translation no! is something that I appreciate. Because <laughs> it's the same play we ran against Miami. No, is Tyreek Hill in the slot? I mean, yeah. Is it is it three wide receivers to the right? <sighs> I mean, yeah. Is the backside tight end blocking still? Mm, sure. Is the running back rolling out to block the, the defender on the perimeter that could most affect the quarterback's quick throw to the right side of the formation? <sighs> Why are you looking at our plays like this? Why are you looking at our plays like this? Y'all was the same play from the Miami Dolphins game. So, again, I just enjoy the idea that the coaching staff in – Chad Haney understood what he's good at. They use the player to the best of their ability in Tyreek Hill's skill set. And unlike the Miami game, Tyreek Hill actually didn't go out of bounds. He actually stayed in bounds. The game was over. And um, saying that all again in my head to our to our listeners still stuns me, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just... When I, the only reason that we can ever talk about stuff like that happening is because whenever Patrick Mahomes does it, you're like, oh, yeah, he's supposed he's sort of an optical illusion. Like, he's a riddle that doesn't <laughs> quite make sense, right? Whenever yes. Chad Henney does it, you're like, well, his name's Chad. Like, he just, <laughs> like, like that, he's, like, he's a dad. Like, like he's, <laughs> I know, I don't mean, I don't mean a father. I'm like, he's like a dad. Like, are are we sure? Is that just something that Chad Haney could do? Like, what? Are, are you kidding me? Like, it just, it, it doesn't quite compute. I can make a reference uh, that's way more niche than the one that you just made. So I am going to sidestep it because it's incredibly, incredibly specific. But it just, you, you see it and it doesn't quite make sense. You see it and you can't fully comprehend it. It's just like, it, it's like it's been redacted but it's still there somehow. You sort of have this blank space in your mind of what well, something crazy happened in that game, but I could not, I could not paint it from memory for you for a million dollars. Cause it just doesn't make sense. It it really doesn't. And yeah, I, I think Chad um, was pretty honest after the game and saying that like, you know, coming to the chiefs, you know, extended his career maybe longer than it would have. If he had gone elsewhere, just because you get to work with Andy Reid every day and it is like going to a master class, even though you've been in the NFL for 10 years. Right. I mean, yeah. he was a 10 year veteran before he before he arrived in Kansas City. And then in saying in being honest, he Chad Henney was pretty blunt and being like, um, look, I know my job here is to kind of support Patrick. Patrick's done way more for me than what I've done mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and And this is why I play, because. They all those guys are clearly like the the job is enriching for even Chad Henney and 
it gets that much more appreciative when everybody sees that he obviously works like he's going to be the starter, even though he's never supposed to play if the plan goes accordingly. Um, but I, I just think the 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 adoration that Henny has for Mahomes and then Mahomes, who, by the way, <clears throat> may have a concussion or may not have a concussion, <laughs> was out here tweeting, anything is possible mm-hmm. with Kevin Garnett um, after winning, I believe, the, the, the 2008 NBA Finals um, with the Boston Celtics. So, like, did the, did the Celtics only won one, right? Yeah, that big three only won one. Yeah, so whichever, whatever year that was, it was that one. It was 08 because I think the Lakers beat the, the Orlando Magic in 09, and then they had the repeat over the big three Celtics in 2010. So The yes. fact that the Magic were in an NBA Dwight Howard in full shooters. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. That doesn't make any sense. Now, y'all, y'all, there were, and again, if the Chiefs don't make it to the Super Bowl, just remember, there was a time where LeBron James was limitless. And he still got beat by Dwight Howard and four shooters. <laughs> it's now this is I mean, this might be the best indication that Seth isn't on the podcast today because <laughs> we're talking about basketball that happened after I was born. So y- yes, St- really Stan Van Gundy was like, you know, threes are more than twos. If we just shoot a lot of threes and Dwight gets all the rebounds, we may actually beat them, so and it good. happened. All right, listen, so we've made it uh, nearly nearly to the end of this podcast. And I feel like basically we've, we've had a, we've had like two basic moods. And one is like Patrick Mahomes, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, where are we at right now? <sighs> right. And then we had Chad Henney and everything that happened after that. Chiefs defense, some real praise to give out. Real praise. Henney, the defense, pretty Legit- much all the pass catchers. By, by the way, Legereus Need is a dude. He really is. He a he dude, really y'all. Did y'all hear, did y'all hear uh, Landry's name much? Not when no. he was on him. He was he was silent. Uh no, you're right. Legarius Sneed, worth a shout out. Darrell Williams. I he listen, man. I got snarky running back comments for days, and I didn't tweet one single one of you them. Be, and I'm not gonna yep, you've been you've been on this train from the jump of this podcast. And I'm just I just listen, man. It's fine. It's all right. I don't need I don't need anybody to tell me how right and smart and handsome and talented I am. You know, I get it. I know I know where I am at this point. And also I'm not trying to like be snarky while Clyde's hurt. That feels very distasteful. And it's not about Clyde. It's never been about Clyde. I like Daryl Williams. I've liked Daryl Williams for a really long time. And uh, I think there are a really large number of running backs that can do good work in this offense. Like Damian Williams. He had, uh, he had, a, he had a better day than Nick Chubb. 13, he sure did. 13 carries for 78 yards. Six yards a touch uh, on the ground. Also had four receptions for 16 yards. Um Nick Chubb combined for I'm counting them in my head 73 total yards. So he he outplayed Nick Chubb with similar amount of touches, and, and the the exact same number of carries actually, which is crazy. And also mm-hmm. that Browns offensive line is better than the Chiefs offensive line, but whatever. They had a lot of injuries today, also uh, we get it. Um, but I'm, I'm bringing that up not even as you know a little talking point. I'm not even doing that because I don't think running backs move the needle. But I do think you should acknowledge whenever running back like has a nice game, does some good work, takes what the offensive line gives him. Good for Darrell Williams. I've always liked Darrell Williams. Here's here's the one thing though. We've gotten lots of positive stuff. Feel we got the shout outs. Feel like we just got to the end of the mixtape. You know, it, shout out Darrell Williams. Shout out everybody except for Harrison Bucker. But even shout out to Harrison <laughs> Bucker at one point. It's just, man, you got to figure out a couple of things here. I'm just going to, I'm going to be this guy for like a minute here. At at one point, 
I kind of shifted my thought process from how are we going to talk about this game and then, you know, going forward to, oh, if they lose this game, what are we going to start with? Mm. Where Where is it? Because that, that seemed suddenly plausible mm-hmm. without Patrick Mahomes there. We We hear the phrase chasing points a lot. It comes up on broadcasts all the time. They're chasing points. What does that mean? Nobody knows. <laughs> but, it, but you know, they're they're trying to they're trying to get every single point. They're 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 being they're being uh, they're being kind of needy. They're trying to get every point possible, even though it's early in the game, which I think is reasonable. But actually, whatever. But th- you have some mistakes earlier on, right? You you have the Baker Mayfield interception. No points. Boinked field goal off of the the goal post. Mm. You have the mix, the missed extra point. Yep. You've got you've got at least four points there. Yep. You could argue eight. Okay, people talk about chasing points all the time. The Chiefs left some points on the board, but the one thing that really really grinds my gears, and, I, and there's going to be a, there's, there's there's a companion play to this that I'll, I'll come back to that went very differently. But on the drive where Mahomes got hurt, uh, Darrell Williams picks up fourth and inches. Drive keeps moving. Uh, third and five. Henny goes to Kelsey. Real close. It's fourth and one at the 15-yard line. The Chiefs at that point are up 19 to 10. And they kicked the field goal. And man, that one really bummed me out. It's one yard. If you don't convert it, first oh, of all, I know you what should. I know how I know how you're setting this up. Or know what you're leading to. Ooh, this is a this is a very this is a very uh, astute point. I hope I hope I actually do land the plane <laughs> where you where you think I'm landing it. You you, if you get the yard there, you're moving to touchdown town. If you don't get it, you're giving them the ball at the 15. Yes. But you're up nine points, 19 to 10 in that spot. That is a mm-hmm. two-possession football game no matter how you slice it. Yep. The field goal puts you up 12 points. That is a two-possession game. It, it's two touchdowns and they're leading. It, it's different. It, it's, uh, it's more points by three. I can do math, but it is a two possession game. And in a game like this, possessions are more important than the number of points oftentimes, because that's how much wiggle room you have. You also do not know if you're getting your starting quarterback back, and you do not know if Chad Henney is going to be able to get you to the 15-yard line at any Again, other point in yep, this game. Yep, exactly. You don't know that you're going to revisit the red zone. You got Patrick Mahomes for, for more than half of this drive. You're there now. You're going to need to go get that touchdown. But you kick the field goal, and it goes from being a two-possession game to a slightly higher two-possession game. You don't know if you're getting your quarterback back. If you go get the touchdown there, then you have an option of do you, do you try to make it? Uh, you know, it, it's it's nineteen to ten at that point. Do you go twenty-six to ten? It is still a two-possession game at that point. You got to get two two-point conversions though, so it's a four-play lead over over where the Browns would be. Or you could go for two and try to make it a three-possession game, which would have thrilled me. But they don't go for it there. They kick the field goal. A little while later, there's another fourth and one to end the game. <laughs> and they go for it in Can a I... way more tumultuous space, a way riskier space, yeah. just in terms of like the flow or the feel of the game, which is how Andy Reid talk- Andy Reid says, hey, I decide this stuff based on gut feel. It drives me crazy that there is not a consistent formula there where you where, where, where there's not even not I'm not even saying there needs to be a spreadsheet that everything gets decided by but the fact that you can kick the field goal to go from 9 to 12 on the 15 yard line but you are letting your 
dong hangout on fourth and inches <laughs> to end the game from midfield. Because if At, you don't, if you don't get it, uh, Baker Mayfield's already in Hail Mary territory. Yes, he's he's at midfield, and you got to get the touchdown still. But but yeah. he is closer than he would have been on at the fifteen yard line, and uh, and this is for the this is to go to the AFC Championship game. Like these are big stakes. And I thought Andy Reid made the right call. I, I was I was tickled also by them going for it on uh, on fourth down to, to end the game. There, I also wouldn't have faulted him for not and, and saying our defense has been pretty good there. Right, but. It it drove me nuts to see them not take that opportunity <laughs> on fourth and one it, in the it, red zone. It's one of the safest possible places, and you don't think you're probably going to have Patrick Mahomes again in the game. And they 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 that that's that's where that's where it ended. That was the final. The Chiefs scored twenty two points. They did not have another legitimate scoring opportunity after then. And they made two incredibly different types of choices. Andy Reid said it in, in his post-game press conference on the fourth and one at the end of the game. He said, everyone knew on the sideline we were going for it. And everybody, me, EB, Kafka, we, we all- Joe Blameyer. Joe yeah. Blameyer. We were going for it. Joe was coming up with plays and, and he was thinking about it when it was still third and 14, which is a crazy way to think because it, you have to get exactly 13 yards. So it's even be, whatever. They, they had it all in line there. But the easier situation to go for it, they took a field goal that did not impact, that did not change the game. They would have won this game nineteen to seventeen, like they won it twenty two to seventeen. I guess it could have changed the the Browns' striking distance uh, by that point. But you've got to you've got to think that right there, you, you want to talk about putting your foot on their neck. You I could have, have done it. You could have done it right there, and they I, didn't. And and they're inconsistent. I, I have I have one one point to further push your argument. And then I have another one that goes against you from sort of a Ted Lasso standpoint. <laughs> I've only watched the first episode of Ted Lasso. I enjoyed it very much, but I'm not done with it. Yet. It's such a great show. I finished it last week. Um, very exciting. You know, when Chaggedy came onto the game after Patrick Mahomes went down, uh, what what was the down he did since Josh? Uh, fourth and inches. <laughs> did they go for it? <laughs> they did. Darren Williams so here, that baby up. So, here, so here's your inconsistency. Like, yeah. The that's backup God, quarterback God. is literally God, in the game. Like, yeah, they literally did a two play, like three <laughs> plays earlier. Literally, oh my, what are we doing? What are they doing now? So, so I think ultimately, in a winner go home situation, you are correct. Not disagreeing with you, like they Dan Danielle, like, can you edit? Danielle, can you edit to where I said earlier? I mentioned also that they went for fourth and inches like two plays sooner because that's also an incredibly useful point. Sorry, Nate. Please continue. So you're right. In a Ted Lasso world where the head coach has to keep everybody in mind. I do wonder based on how the game was going and the fact that Andy Reid is, you know, aggressive. Maybe he thinks, Hey, we are going to get back to the 15 yard line again, even with, you know, Chad Henney coming cold. Um, he may have done that for Harrison Bucker's um, psyche because you're going to need Harrison Bucker for the AC Championship game, and you need to see him see that ball go through the uprights a couple more times. Now, no one wants to mention Ricky Seals-Jones because he had not played all year. Holy smokes. Um, He knocked him out of field goal range. So I think part of Andy Reid's thinking was if we get three here, which they did, um, you know, he he actually made it from you know I, I'm I'm just gonna double check he he did make a kick from 33 yards out. Mm-hmm. 
And if Ricky Seals Jones doesn't have a horrific, um, just what what do they what do they call that penalty? On an crackback, an illegal, illegal crackback crack block. Dude, yeah. if you don't even touch him, we good. Uh, yeah, because they were actually at the Cleveland twenty three yard line, so they were they were just outside of red zone. So Andy Reid is thinking, well, we're already up twelve. If we get another one, if we get another field goal, if I get Harrison Bucker one more opportunity to see that ball go, go through them uprights, get your confidence back. Um, now you're up fifteen. And you make the Browns really have to go, obviously, two touchdowns, and at least one of them has to be um, the the two-point conversion. That is, like, next-level coach thinking that I'm trying to give Andy Reid an out, but altruistically, in a win-or-go-home situation, they they sh- they should have they should have went for it on fourth and inches from from the 15-yard line. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to open the door for Harrison Bucker to have a great psyche on his couch next weekend. Like, it's just... That you, you can't you can't leave those types of points on the board in a game that that is close. Like you can afford to do some of that with, stuff with, whenever Patrick Mahomes erases your mistakes. But yeah, without without your back, without your franchise quarterback, um, yeah. But Harrison Bucker had missed two kicks from that distance, and so Andy was like, "I'm gonna give you one more try." <laughs> um, and look, he made it. So you know, maybe Harrison will be uh, back to back to his excellent self next week. But I do think there was some level of if I if I go for it now, it may benefit us in the immediate, which it probably would have, all things considered. But what does that do psychologically to Harrison Bucker next week? Who you know, just 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 wanted to provide a little different perspective of everybody. You know, the head coach has to consider everyone here. but they they, they should have went for it on fourth inches from the. It's also it's also just that it's kind of random for Andy Reid. Like it's just he's got he's, the plays he's to wild. do it and he's willing to do it. It's just super inconsistent. Yeah, he's wildly inconsistent until yeah. you tell him, "Yo, we win the game if we go for it." Because then he right. gets then he gets really consistent, even with Chad. Hitting. Yeah, yeah. I just I I think all of that's really interesting. We've gone we've gone over our our usual time, even with just the two of us. It was a busy game, a lot going on. Uh, here here's here's one more thing. Uh, the Chargers hired the Rams defensive coordinator as their head coach. Didn't see that one coming, huh? I'll tell you this. Uh, if you Google Brandon Staley, you're, you're all going to see the face of a man you've never seen before. Uh, so that's he was, the new Chargers Because he was in coach. a mask all year, too. That's exactly right. Dude's been under a mask this year. I don't know who he is beyond uh, I, I've seen his eyebrows. And the good news is he won't have to move or change any of his wardrobe because the Rams and Chargers logos look pretty much the same at this point. And Eric Bieniemy is not getting the job. What so, if I, what if I told you a head coach got a job based on the production from Jalen Ramsey, Hall of Fame cornerback, uh, and Aaron yeah. Donald, Hall of Fame defensive tackle, but yeah. Eric Bieniemy can't get a job, <laughs> at least not yet, has not been given a job offer based on the Hall of Fame uh, talent of quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, right tackle. Uh, can we can we should we continue? <laughs> well, also just you know one one other thing to mention here is Dan Campbell's going to be the Lions' next head coach, and uh, you may think Dan Campbell did he uh, did he coach the Dolphins after they fired Joe Philbin? And I'm like, yeah, that's what happened. That's where he's come from. Uh, that sure, yeah, dude, why not? I, yeah, why not? Yeah, no, that's cool, guys. Not nah, Dan, yeah, not nah, Dan Campbell, Brandon Staley. Cool. Yep, that's gonna do it. See you guys. I, I guess. Uh, Chargers Lions Super Bowl in two years, probably. That'll do it. I'm not better. I'm fine. <laughs> At all. 
Show's, show's gone on too long. We'll talk more about Eric Bieniemy in the future, and we'll talk about the Chiefs hosting their third consecutive AFC Championship game uh, early in or later later in this week. Uh, you can follow Seth on Twitter, but you don't have to because he wasn't here for this at Real Lemon Chiefs fan. Uh, Nate will have all sorts of updates all week long about Patrick Mahomes. Anything that Nate finds out, you can see it on Twitter at uh, by Nate Taylor. Plus, of course, everything he's writing up in the Athletic. I am at JB Briscoe. I am always talking into a microphone somewhere. That's it. That's the show. We did it. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, don't don't get slammed by a chokehold. And also, just go see if the Texans will give you their job because you might get it. You listener, you might be the next head coach of the Houston Texans. Uh, Nate, wrap us up. You honestly might do a better job than than, than most coaches, honestly, given <laughs> given the selection that they have done with already. But secondarily. Uh, the Chiefs have gone to the AFC Championship game. Um, it is wildly impressive. And, you know, the season just hangs on, you know, uh, a concussion evaluation to the best player in the league. And, you know, Dan Sorensen continued to be Dan Sorensen. <laughs>